Hey everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine. Alongside me, as always, uh, is Ryan Frederick. And Ryan, I want to say this might be our first like regular show of the year, or have we done one other one where we like have a show to review and another one to preview? We we had that one, you know, a couple about a month ago after the Calvin Cater Giga show going into okay, pay-per-view. right, so, leading into the pay per view, yeah. Okay, all right. So it just feels like we haven't had a regular show in a while, but well, this will be the uh, the format going forward. I guess. Well, we gotta we gotta get used. We'll get we'll get back to used to with all these. You know, we got only have forty yeah. more UFC events over the next eleven months to deal with. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of shows like the one we just watched, and you know, we always talk about you know sometimes these shows don't look great on paper, and then you know when we actually watch them, they tend to be pretty good. This one, I don't know. I want to say it was kind of like what we expected it to be on paper. I mean, we had one really good fight on the undercard, but, you know, the rest of it was kind of just there. I mean, you know, main event was fine. It wasn't bad or anything, but it wasn't like even close to like a, you know, a fight of the year contender or anything. I will say, I will say this was the third best UFC show of the year. Was it the third show of the year? Yes. Yes. I don't even know. I lost count. Okay. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Because we didn't have any shows the first two weeks. And then we had last week. We didn't have a show. So, uh, yeah, the third best show of the year. That's a good way to put it. A um, lot of lot of fights. I mean, uh, you know, again, I, I will say, you know, I we, we both started doing ratings on our show. And like a couple of these fights, I actually had rated like pretty low, um, you know, it, you know, and not necessarily. uh you know, because of anything that the guys did or anything, just, you know, it was just, it wasn't like my world on fire. I don't know. Um, had my grandson watching with me for a while, which was kind of cool. Um, he came over, it was my birthday this week and, uh, you know, he was over a couple times and, uh, that, that was kind of cool. Um, as speaking of which, um, this coming week, um, it's my anniversary. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. We are going to be doing another special show for the Patreon on, um, after the UFC pay-per-view, uh, if we can uh, get connected. Um, I know you're going to be there live, right? In Houston. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to try to connect. Um, now I'm also going to be. I'm not going to be home. Uh, I we are uh, we're going away for our anniversary, but we're just staying in town. We just rented a hotel room, and um, we're going to be like downtown, you know, nice nice room by the river and stuff. But you know, my wife goes to bed early, so I'll be up late, and uh, I'll try to watch the main card at least. I probably won't be able to watch the prelims, but I'll watch the main card, and then we're going to do a show. Um, and, uh, and then we'll, you know, and then we'll review, uh, you know, do our regular little mini review next week, but, uh, we'll do a full review and we should have a guest. Um, I talked to Garrett and, and I think Garrett's going to come on with us as well. So if for some reason I don't get to watch the show, um, then it'll just be you and Garrett. Well, you'll um, be, you'll be involved. Or if, well, hopefully if I can, if I can get out of the room and get connected, <laughs> that's the thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll figure out a way. Um, yeah, but either way, like we'll do a show and it'll be up on Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, you guys can all look forward to that. If you're not already signed up for the Patreon, go ahead and do so. It's five bucks and we've got a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, weekly shows, uh, and then all the, all the shows in the free feed have a, at least one special monthly show. So we'll be doing that. But uh, we, yeah, before we get to Houston, we've got to go over this show from the Apex. And uh, yeah, main event was a middleweight fight to, uh, you know, kind of guys hovering around the top five, just outside the top five, Strong Strickland and Jack Hermanson. 
Um, I, you know, this fight was there. Um, Sean Strickland, uh, you know, he just basically did enough to win. Hermanson was, it's funny because Hermanson was like frantic almost the whole fight. Like he was just, he was pushing the pace, but he just wasn't landing anything. And Strickland was just incredible defense and landing his jab at will. A couple of the rounds were close, but one judge had it 48-47 for Hermanson, which is one of the worst cards I've ever seen. Um, I, I know I, even Hermanson didn't believe it. Like, you know, um, first round, I think a lot of people gave it to Hermanson, but that's the only one, like no media members scored it for Hermanson. I don't even think any media members gave him two rounds and somehow, uh, a judge gave him three. So, I mean, maybe that's the first thing we got to talk about. Like what the hell happened there? Okay. So, excuse me real quick uh i've watched the fight twice i watched it while doing my coverage and then i've I'll, I'll watched it back again last night yeah last night last night yeah. so uh the first when i was watching it for the second time when i watched the first time i had it 49 46 strickland i gave him i gave him uh you know rounds two through five second time i watched it i still had a 49 46 strickland giving them rounds two through five but when you actually watch the first second and third they're pretty close I mean, they're not, you know, okay. they're, they're not like huge. The second, third are not huge Strickland rounds, in my opinion. It's, you know, he was primarily landing the jab. Herman, Hermanson did a lot to, a lot of work to the legs and the body, which I think it got overlooked, got yes. overlooked, got overlooked. Got a, so, uh, but uh, Strickland definitely won the fourth and fifth. If you look at the strike counts, strike counts were pretty even through the first three. Not that mm-hmm. you know, but uh, but watching it and kind of focusing on some some other stuff that you might miss. I I thought you know second, first, second, third were pretty pretty close to the point where where you know forty eight, forty seven. Right afterwards, I thought it was a horrible scorecard. So on a second viewing. Don't think it's that bad. It's definitely not as bad as some okay. other scorecards as we've seen. I don't. I don't think it's the right scorecard, but I don't think it's you know just yeah. like you know. I, I still think it's 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 a wrong scorecard. I still think Strickland very clearly won the fight, but it's not as bad as it was like in real time. But yeah, Strickland mm-hmm. definitely the jab and the combinations late. You know, uh, and, and again on the second round, I think I think what actually sealed the second round for Strickland was him dropping Hermanson right there at the end because that one yeah. was that one was pretty even. And I know two of the judges gave gave uh, the uh, third to Hermanson. One of the one of the judges who had forty nine forty forty six actually gave gave Strickland the first. So it's you know okay. So that was kind of you know yeah, it's kind of a thing. But uh, but yeah, it was not the most exciting fight. I mean. Uh, Strickland did what he needed to do, followed, followed a perfect game plan to win, and Hermanson just didn't seem to get in that second year. I thought Hermanson's best chance to win was to grapple, take Strickland down. Wasn't able to do that, so so if it, if it was going to be on the feet, it was going to be a, be a Strickland win all the way, and it was. He he tried. I mean, he uh, he had a lot of failed takedown attempts. His uh, striking, like, you know, they, they kept showing the stats, and I think he landed something like 15% of his head strikes. And I, if I'm not mistaken, like Strickland, they said, was, you know, one of the top five in UFC history in terms of striking defense. Um, I don't know if that was middleweight or overall, 
but um the you know that to me that's what stood out in this fight was was the defense because he barely took you know like he he took strikes but i mean he had like didn't even look like he had a scratch on him at the end of the fight um looked like he could have gone another five rounds um hermanson didn't look too bad either like he didn't he didn't get tired um you know and he was pushing the pace almost the whole fight strickland reminded me a lot of michael bisping in this fight um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I say that a lot, but um, it just it, it, that's just kind of who he looked like well, in this fight to yeah, me. Yeah, well, well, those two have trained a bunch together, so that does make sense. Oh, okay. So, okay, yeah, I didn't even realize that. So, yeah, um, and then you know he did when he did his post fight promo. It was um, it was not uh, you know he it wasn't too bad. Uh, he didn't say anything like really. Actually, I think the pre-fight video package was worse. Um, some of the stuff he said in there, but the um, the the post-fight promo was, you know, pretty diplomatic. And he put over Hermanson, Hermanson, and uh, you know, said he was tough. But he also said that he thought the score was bullshit. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and now he's gonna get a, you know, he should get a bigger name for his next fight. And he's probably one fight away from a title shot, I would think. Um, you know, if he beats a top five guy in his next fight, he should. He, he's probably earned a title shot yeah i mean i think a lot of it has to do obviously a lot of it has to do with this upcoming weekend which we'll get in get into and how those fights fights play out because i mean if there's if there's two clear winners on those fight if there's two guys who win on the fight on on those fights there's a clear matchup for next but if any other combination happens you know it's it, it'll open the door for strickland and he's he's right there you know he's either he'll either be next his next fight will either be be a title eliminator or for the title like if cannoneer and brunson kind of stink up the joint and just have like a really boring fight neither one of them like you know like a split decision or something like that then maybe they just strickland jumps the line or yeah kind of or, or that we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later sure um co-main um and <laughs> So this is this funny because, uh, you know, like we talk about this a lot and I'm going to bring it up again. Like my, tweet, my tweets get on the screen. I got it on the screen a few times this time. And it seems like every time they put up my scores, it's different than what somebody else says. And like it's kind of weird how that happens because I think in, in these cases, like in the Strickland fight, for instance, like I gave Hermanson in the first round and I think you did too. But they show my score, and then they show like two other scores that were for Strickland. And they, in this fight, they like to do, fight. Newsflash: They like to do. They like to put dissenting scores. You know, if there's. I know, but then why is it mine? Why is it always mine that are dissenting? Maybe be, when they show maybe, your scores, it's maybe because you're the only one who has who has that score. No, because you had the same score as I did, and they showed mine and not yours. They only show about and three then in people. The Mac- they only show about three people. I know. So. I know. In the Maximov fight. I gave Maximov the first round and then I gave him the second round, which I, I knew right away as soon as I gave him the second round, like it's like, cause those first two rounds were so close that, you know, it could, you could have gone 2018 Soriano, you could have gone 2018 Maximov, or you could have gone 1919, like they were so close. And then the third round, I thought Maximov won pretty, you know, probably more clearly than, than either of the other two. But um, w- but I had people telling me like I was nuts and that, you know, I had a 2018 Maximov and oh no, it's 2018 Soriano. And I'm like, you know, and meanwhile, the live odds were like a coin flip. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was like, it was so close. Don't, and I mean, yeah, on those, don't listen to what? those people. <laughs> No, I know, I know. I did you have like so I scored at thirty twenty seven Maximov, but I mean when you look at thirty twenty seven Maximov, you're thinking, oh okay, you know he wiped him out with him. But this was like a close fight, and if Soriano had won, I wouldn't have thought it was a bad score at all. 
I mean, if he if he won 30, 27, I would have thought it was a bad score. But if he won 29, 28, I was like, yeah, OK, you know, that's fine. Like, you know, the two close rounds, you flip a coin and who do you got? And, uh, you know, I just like I didn't flip a coin. And usually on those rounds, like when when you have two rounds that are close, I tend to give like each guy one of the rounds. But I couldn't justify giving Soriano round two because I thought Maximoff did slightly better in round two than he did in round one, and I had given him round one. So I'm not just gonna say, well, I'll give it to Soriano because I gave Maximoff the first. Like, that's not how you're supposed to judge. So, yeah, so I mean, it was 30-27. Um, uh, how'd you score the second one, do you remember? Uh, you First of all, you were the only one that had it, the 30-27 for, for Maximoff. But it, one of the judges did, one of the judges did. Yeah. Uh, no, one of the oh yeah, yeah one, of, one, one of the judges. judges I'm had, looking at yeah. I'm looking at this wrong wrong up here. The the I'm at I'm on the UFC stats thing and the way they do it a little bit weirder weirder. But yeah, for some reason I was thinking thirty so twenty seven Soriano. But yeah, I had it twenty nine twenty eight Maximoff. I gave him the first and the third. So I thought Soriano won the second. Okay, yeah, yeah. Second, so. Uh, oh, so you gave him the first as well. Okay. I gave Maximoff the first, yeah. Yeah, I was the only person that gave it 30 um, Yeah. But, but again, and there was that a, was like there was a thing a, where. And there was, there was a few media members who had a 29-28 Soriano. So which, which yeah, I see that, and that was fine. Like I, I don't have a problem with that score. Um, I just didn't think, you know, I don't know. I, I, I gave Maximoff the first, and I just didn't feel like her, uh, Soriano did enough to win the second. But you know, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Maximoff won, stayed undefeated, eight no. I mean, really, the judging was the most interesting thing in the fight. There wasn't. You know, uh, Max, you know, Maximoff, I th- you know, Soriano had a couple submissions that he was going for. And I think that's why a lot of people gave him the first round because he had, he had a couple submissions that yeah. looked tight. Yeah. But, he had, he know. had that, re- he had that rear naked choke where he was on the back at the end and then finished the round on top. So yeah. that's, that's what, that's why I thought he won the first, first, even though Soriano like tripled him in the strike count. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, but he was controlling like, so he had way more control time, Maximoff. Uh, Soriano was, was doing more damage on the feet and with the strikes uh, until the third. Like I thought the third was pretty clearly Maximoff. Oh yeah. And third was so that was, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, and then uh, we, we also got uh, a, a welterweight fight, Shavkat Rachmanov, uh, Carlston Harris. And uh, I, I DM'd you my, uh, when my grandson was watching this, he always listens to the intros and he hears the weirdest things. And, and so he's just, he says to me, he says, I think the guy from Kazakhstan's going to win because I think the boy from Kazakhstan's going to win. That's what he told me. That's, that's his words, not mine. Uh, because he has zero defeats. And sure enough, he stayed undefeated. Um, he, uh, he got a win over Carlston Harris. This is like a great performance for him. Um, it, it, you know, it was fairly even until he, you know, until he hit the, hit the, you know, kind of the finishing blow, uh, hit a spinning, spinning hook kick and then finished him off with, uh, punches on the ground. Uh, I, you know, thought this was a real good showing and he's a guy to, he's a guy to watch out for. Um, you know, he's had, uh, three big wins in a row now, Alex Oliveira and Michelle Prajeras tractor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who who lost him while completely roided up out of his mind. Yeah. He's on like five different steroids, five different steroids still couldn't be Rachmanov. So not only is he undefeated, but he has won every single one of his fights by finish, including his three UFC fights. So yeah, this is a guy that 
probably should be ranked now. I don't know if he will be, but nah, he should. He's be. not, but welterweight. But welterweight's pretty stacked. But he's 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 right on the cusp, and and yeah, he's really talented and really dangerous. And you know, he's not somebody you want to be standing across the octagon from uh, right now. He's got so many different tools tools to beat you. That judo takedown that he had whenever while Harris was in the middle of just stomping the crap out of his foot was really impressive. And then you know, spinning wheel kick and and how he was able to to when on the finishing sequence, you know, he started he started landing and Harris was doing a good good job of covering up but being able to get those right hands through through the middle of the guard of the guard right to where he, and he put them out oh. with that second one second one that was just yeah. that was a great finish and Rachmanov yay he was one of your draft picks when we were doing our doing our global MMA team teams you know you, oh. you, if you don't you don't even remember that do you no no yeah, that's awesome but you were so talking I, about how I, 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 he's got a lot of potential and yes he does and and you know he's a guy He's a. I felt like there was a couple of guys who who were like in that position of like being young in their UFC careers that really made made themselves kind of stand out on the show, and he was definitely one of them. So he won. Uh, he won one of the fifty Ks, and uh, wow, they only gave away two on this show. Um, that tells you it was a bad card. Um, sorry, I said it. Uh, well, yeah, it wasn't uh, that bad. Wasn't that bad? Well, I mean, by UFC standards, we'll say it was a bad card. By recent UFC, by UFC standards, by recent UFC standards, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, they only gave away two performance bonuses. I mean, you know, what does that tell two you? Perfor- well, uh, and there well, was they technically gave out all four of them. Yeah, did they? Yeah, they got a fight of a night and two performance of the nights. Uh, I'm seeing only two performance bonuses. So what was the fight of the night? Uh, Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson. Oh, okay. That's not listed on uh, on what I'm looking oh, because, at. Oh, so, okay. Because so. Julian Rosa got both bonuses for it. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I don't even see Julian Rosa at all. But they did mention in on the broadcast that he was probably going to get a hundred thousand yeah. dollars because that fight was great. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, a fight that wasn't great um, was Brendan Allen, Sam Alvey. Um, Alvey has now gone eight straight fights without a win. Um, he he should be done. He probably won't be because this was a short notice fight and he was the biggest underdog, underdog on the card. Uh, when we were previewing the show last week, he was supposed to be fighting Ian Heinish. No, he's supposed to fight um, Phil Halls. Oh, yeah, Phil Haas. So then, oh, right, yeah, he was replacing Ian Heinish. And then so, Phil Haas could make it, so they called up Brandon Emma Allen. Uh, and Allen's normally a middleweight, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. They both are. Yeah. yeah. Although Alvy fights at middleweight sometimes too, yeah. Um, and yeah, so Allen coming off that loss to Chris Curtis a uh, couple, uh, well, just, just over two, just under two months ago and uh, comes back and, and gets the win here. And uh, he said, you know, I, I want to get right back on the horse and they called me up. I'll take the fight. Uh, first round was a typical Sam Alvey round. No, nothing happened. Uh, you know, no, nobody wanted to engage. And then in the second round, Brandon and Allen finally hit him. Got him down and then put on a rear naked choke. And Alvy has zero uh, submission defense and tapped right away. And that was that. Yeah. I mean, your typical Sam Alvy fight, except that he got finished. So we didn't have to see him, you know, yeah. openly complain about about losing a decision that he clearly lost. Which, I mean, I I like Sam Alvy. I don't hate him. Like so, like somebody somebody yeah. asked me on Twitter, well, do you hate Sam Alvey? I don't hate him. I actually, actually like him. And, and, you know, he was he was kind of like a favorite of 
not really necessarily like a oh, favorite favorite, but a guy I enjoyed watching for a long time. Then all of a sudden, just something, something happened, and I yeah. and he finally admitted it on social media after this fight that you know he just needs to change the way he fights. But uh, his thing has been over the last several years of just walking back to the cage and fighting off the ba- off of his back yeah. foot the entire time, and he just he used to be aggressive and he lost that aggression. I don't know what I don't know what happened. And it happened, but he just whatever he had, he lost it, lost it along the way, and and it's just he just hasn't got it back, and which kind of sucks because you you hate kind of seeing a guy like him going through like this eight fights without a win, it win, but a lot of it is you know a lot of it's on his his own fault because he's just his style of just fighting off the fence and constantly backing up backing up it, it's it's not a winning it's not a winning strategy you're gonna get he got kicked a lot because he was constantly backing up and then just you know you're allowing you're allowing your opponent to pressure you and you're allowing like a, a strong wrestler like brendan allen to you know get you near the fence to take you down and you know so this just a bad strategy from sam alvey he's he's probably got one more chance and i mean if they want if they want to keep him they'll match him up against somebody that he's got a good chance of beating and if they don't then you know then then we're probably going to see the last of him but he should get one more fight because he took this one on short notice um, and then uh, the unofficial uh, tough finale, uh, middleweights. We had Brian Battle, uh, you know, defending his crown, and he actually brought it with him, which was kind of funny. Um, against Trishon Gore, who was supposed to face him in the tough final, but he had an injury and pulled out, and so now they're making this fight, you know, six months later or whatever it is. And uh, you know, they had a close fight. Um, I actually scored it for Gore. Luckily, my score didn't make it because I was watching on a delay at this point, and uh, I would have been the only person that scored it for Gore. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I just I thought like the first two rounds were close, and and then Battle won the third, and you know whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it was um, you know not not much to say. It was you know just you know it was there. Uh, Gore, you know, just kind of couldn't really you know kind of like sam alvey like he just kind of couldn't really do anything and battle just kind of did enough to win i guess uh, i mean uh, first thing i'm gonna say to you is if you thought uh gore won that first round i urge you to rewatch it <laughs> yeah i probably do need to we i was probably distracted or yeah. something to be honest with yeah, you like yeah because battle did outland him like 50 to 15 was the strike oh really yeah. okay yeah i mean it, it it's very probably just a thing where yeah, I so, but, uh, it, it felt like felt like gore just uh i mean if there was a second gear to get into he didn't get into it except yeah. for a little bit in that second round i don't know if it's just injury nerves you know what it was but he was definitely he definitely did not look you know as good here as he did on ultimate fighter and it and did in his regional stuff outside of outside of the second round but the battle was very accurate with like a lot of his striking and yeah. so was gore gore i mean you know they i mean gore landed 60 percent of his strikes and battle landed 58 percent of his strikes but the thing was battle also landed twice as many and threw twice as many so it was just it was basic activity and just battle staying busy and battle had control time you know 
in the third was the difference in that. And that, you know, Gore had the yeah. takedowns. But, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I wasn't super overwhelmed by this fight. I didn't think either guy looked like they've got enough to be threats at the moment, you know, but they both have plenty of potential. Potential, But, uh, yeah, at least it answered the question of, you know, who the real ultimate fighter at the, from this past year was at middleweight. And, you know, it, it, was, it was okay. It was okay. It was about what to expect for, for guys who have just so little experience. Like, like they kind of felt like a contender series fight on a, on a UFC show. That's the key. And, and I think I actually said it um, when we reviewed the tough finale show last August. Um, you know, we had this fight, Brian Battle and Gilbert Urbina, and we had Ricky Tercios and Brady Highstand, which was which was a fun fight, but not a ton of skill. And I said, you know, like these guys are not ready for UFC yet. Like none of those four. But, you know, two of them won a contract. And then you had Trishon Gore, who they gave a fight because he should have been in the finale. And, you know, and realistically, like, these guys are seven and one and three and one and they should be fighting on the regionals right now but you know the they won the ultimate fighter so they're on the show i mean honestly trishan gore they should put him on a developmental deal and give him like four or five fights in lfa and then bring him back yeah if he you know if he wins but just, i don't know what they're going to do it's but. just it's the ufc running 42 events a year and needing bodies yep. bodies you're going to have absolutely you're going to have a lot of people who aren't ready for ready for it you know and that's one of the things like i knock about about pro wrestling when you watch some of those wwe and aew especially with some people like jade cargo like i don't want to watch a pro wrestler who's learning how to work work like on my television which is not not saying anything bad bad about you know about her or yeah. anybody like that but but like you know sometimes when i watch wrestling especially like aew with three hours of television television only each week like i don't want to watch somebody who's learning how how to do the how to do the job you know i want to watch finish wow. the facade you know fleshed out products and that's how that's kind of how like ufc fans have been like a lot over the years they don't want to see yeah. guys who who are you know only like contender series levels on these main main cards but you have so many shows and so many you need so many fighters you're going to get fights like these and fight fighters like this not to say that they're not going to prove because they very clearly are both of them are very very talented but but i mean this is you know this felt like you know a regional scene fight and you know, and like I said, you got to with Brian Battle being ultra fighter. I said it after he won. I'll say it again. You kind of got to be careful with how you how you book him, or else yep. you know he, you know, some the 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 bad thing about having these guys in too soon is they could suffer a couple a couple of losses, kills their confidence, and they never improve in the gym. So that's a that's a hard balancing act right now. Well. Um, it- yeah, uh, I yeah I can't disagree with anything that you just said. Um, the the only thing I'll add is that you know like when you like you said when you got guys that are this early in their career, um, you've got to be careful again and and you got to fill these cards. But what could end up happening is you get a situation like and and we'll talk about this in our next fight with a guy a guy like Julian Arosa who was on the ultimate fighter early in his career, you know, it looked kind of good, was memorable on there, but then he, you know, he lost in his official UFC debut and he was right outside the UFC again. And he had to fight like 10 times on the regional scene before he came back. And, you know, kind of don't necessarily want, 
want that to happen to either of these guys because it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes guys give up, um, you know, they, they take a thing. Oh yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention was because we had such a loaded card here and, you know, and we had a lot of fights to get through, they didn't really get time to tell the story of Trishon Gore. And that's kind of when I was watching the ultimate fighter, like I was really into him because of the story they told. And uh, unfortunately, like we didn't get to hear that now, you know, now that he lost in his official debut, we might not even get to hear it. So, so many people that watch the show won't even see what I saw when I watched the ultimate fighter. So it's too bad. Um, but yeah, we had, uh, the, to kick off the main card, uh, really, uh, fight of the year, uh, contender. Uh, I don't think it'll win, but, um, it was really freaking good fight. Uh, juicy J and Steven Peterson at featherweight, uh, Tell the people about this fight, Ryan. <laughs> it was absolutely nuts once the sec- second round started. You, ca- you kind of see it coming a little bit in the first. The first was uh, tame compared to the second and third. I'll put it to put you that way. But it was just basically kind of like rock'em sock'em robot robots. You know, I don't think it was as good as as the Calvin Cater Giga Chikazi fight or the or the Brandon Marino Davison Figueredo fight this year. This year, so. I'd, I'll probably have it third best, but but I mean, but it is just absolutely incredible. Just the guys were just beating the crap out of each other, and both of, yeah, both of them were super tough. Uh, Peterson's face looked like a like a mess. Arosa was laying in some good good shots. Uh, I mean, it's a fight worth going out of your way to see. There was especially there was a sequence in the second round round where Peterson was landing a bunch of big punches against the fence, and Arosa looked like he was about to about to go out. Then all of a sudden, Arosa landed a spinning back fist and Peterson fell to the mat for a split second it was just that was just kind of like just a crazy exchange and yeah this fight was wild I mean it could have gone either way I had it for Peterson not gonna argue anything you know Arosa Mm -hmm. I mean Arosa this is his third UFC stint and he's four and one four and one now after after having been cut from the roster twice twice and you know he's making taking every advantage of it now and you know he's you know like like we said said with those guys he's he's finally like probably a fleshed out product after having you know and he was lucky to get to you know being a guy who you know he got a second chance but uh, which which some people do some people don't but he was third lucky chance. to get a third <laughs> chance i mean luckily for him yeah. he had the advantage of of living and training in las vegas and and during a pandemic when they need a guy on you know three days notice you know they're the first place they're looking at are guys who are in gyms in las las vegas so you know they were familiar with him so they brought him back and boy he's taking advantage of it when in four or five and uh yeah he's just looks good and and this was a hell of a fight if you didn't watch it please watch it not only one, four or five, but I mean, the guys he's beaten are not pushovers like Sean Woodson, Nate Landwehr, uh, Charles Jordan finished all of those guys. And then he had this like fight of the year contender against Steven Peterson, like, um, you know, just just a great uh, kind of comeback, like, you know, really like. You know, I don't, you don't really see those comeback of the year or anything. And it wasn't really, it's kind of spread out over like almost two years now, but, uh, you know, career renaissance for sure for, you know, good old Juicy J who I'll always remember, uh, you know, Uriah Faber in his corner screaming for Juicy J, uh, on the ultimate fighter way, way back when saw that, uh, tough finale live, uh, you know, when, uh, he kind of saved the show 
uh, you know, a show that was kind of looking really bad. And then he had a, you know, a pretty good fight with uh, Marcin Rozak. Uh, you know, he won by split decision. So, uh, do 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 So that, yeah, that was the main card. And then we had a loaded up prelims, uh, seven fights, um, including, uh, you know, if you were paying attention last week, I told people, throw some money on the sexy Maxi, who was a big underdog and, you know, got a big upset win against Miles Johns. But uh, take us through these prelims. Okay. The uh, show kicked off with Malcolm Gordon and Dennis Bonder in a flyweight fight. And it kicked off in rather unfortunate fashion. Fashion Bonder is a guy who signed in late 2020, but he had like four fights fall through fall through last year. And it was finally making his debut. And it, they were just getting go, going uh uh, Bonder got a takedown. Gordon went for an armbar, and Bonder escaped, and they scrambled up. And Gordon was going for another takedown, and Bonder planted with his left arm, left arm during the attempt. And I don't know if it was a broken arm or a dislocated elbow, but either way, either way, I mean, Bonder hurt himself trying to post up on the takedown. Attempt, screamed out in pain, started tapping, and the fight was over in a minute twenty-two. Never really got going. It's just an unfortunate, unfortunate end into it, but. Uh, would have liked to see more out of these both guys, but hey, Gordon got the win, so he gets to. That was probably I think that was the last fight on his deal, so he probably yeah. gets to stick around. Stick around, so that's good for him. Uh, next fight, we had a welterweight fight. Phil Rowe finished Jason Witt in the second round. First round was all Witt. We got a takedown and was working on the top, but but you know not a lot happened on the ground. They were both kind of just stalling, and they even got warned a couple times about possibly being stood up they got up at the end of the end of the round and Roe landed landed at the end of the first and all of a sudden the second Witt was trying to take Roe down Roe was defending and then Roe landed some punches and then landed a big combination ending with the right hand that put Witt down and it was all over from there from there so impressive win for Roe uh this fight next fight light heavyweight fight Jalton Almeida and Danilo Marquez Jalton Almeida he is a guy to watch out for and this his debut mm-hmm. here was just oh my god it was absolutely absolutely incredible he got Marquez down right away with a big slam takedown and just relentless brutal ground and pound from the top I mean it was just god it was it was a beating beating and uh I mean I mean it's now 15 and 2 he's got I think like 9 or 10 straight wins and finishes a lot of guys and and uh you know light heavyweight you know there's always a division that that needs new fresh blood and new contenders and he looks every bit of one uh he was calling for shogun hua after the fight and please do not make that fight because shogun does not deserve that beating he's too much of a legend for that one for that beating is he still under contract he is he is Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, he, he has not. Wow. I don't. Th- he, I don't know that he's gonna fight again, but he hasn't like retired. It's kind of one of those situations. So you know they'll let him. If he wants to fight again, they'll they'll let him. I'm sure. Uh, next fight, uh, women's bantamweight fight. Alexa Davis got a unanimous decision over Julia Uh First round was very interesting. Uh, Stoliarenko went for a kick, but Davis got a takedown, and Davis was working for the top from the top, but Stoliarenko 
Franco did go for an arm bar and how had it close, but Davis got free and was landing. And then and the Stoliarenko landed an illegal upkick. I mean, it was clear as day. Day. I don't know why she didn't get a point taken away, but but uh, they went back to action. Davis into the end of the first on top. The second was a lot of trading back and forth. Stoliarenko did a lot of damage. Damage. Uh, Davis was busted up. Both of them landed. Stoliarenko landed more. So so I mean, it was a close round. Round. I gave it to Davis. Stoliarenko might might have won it. It could have gone either way. Either way. Third round was all Davis. She got she got to the on the top. She landed a punch that caused Stoliarenko to fall. Davis got on top and just spent the rest of the round in control from the top, landing punches and elbows. You know, it could have been a ten eight round. I didn't give it a ten eight. Couple judges did, did, but uh, but uh, yeah, it was a. I felt like it was a clear win for Davis, and all three judges had it had it for for, and I think all but one media score had it for Davis. So, so yeah, but that was a that was a pretty good fight. Uh, you know, Davis, you know, she was one and four in her last five coming into this. Lots of talk about whether she had a future. Future, she said that this fight reignited her passion, and she wants to fight as quickly as possible. Possible, I think her contract might have been up. But so who knows? We'll see what happened. Uh, next fight, middleweight fight. We talked a lot about you know when he was on the when he was announced for the contender series and after he got signed and last week Chidi and Jokowani, you know should have been in the UFC a long time ago, but he was making his debut here and you couldn't have an, a more impressive debut. Not, he knocked out Mark Andre Barrio in 16 seconds, just a combo that ended with the right hand and Barrio was out and it was just it was over. Just it was over as quickly as it started so very impressive performance from Barry, from uh Njokuwani and he should have been there years ago but hopefully hopefully you know he gets a lot of moments like this to shine because he's that's he's a really good fighter uh next fight uh, Hakeem Dawadu beat Michael Trezano uh, straight 30-27 scores featherweight fight just all on the feet and just Dawadu landing more constantly throughout. He it was the most significant strikes he landed in his, his entire career in a fight, and just it was just Dawadu outworking Trezano. You know, never really had Trezano hurt, but Trezano couldn't do anything. It was just very a very clear win for Dawadu, thirty twenty seven all around. Not not much more to it. Uh, and then the capping off the prelims was what I thought was an upset, and yeah, it was an upset on the betting odds, but John. Castaneda finished the Miles Johns in the third round. Johns just never seemed – Johns had a lot of hype and looked like a great prospect at 135 pounds, but never really got going as Castaneda was just press, pressuring him and landing a lot of leg kicks and uh, just, you know, rocked Johns in the second round. And in the third round, he landed a big combo and a big knee, and Johns went to the ground, and Castaneda got on top, was landing punches, then got the arm triangle in, and Johns went out cold without tapping. So that was the prelims right there. Yep, big win for the sexy Mexi. Uh, fight, uh, one of your favorites. Favorite. Yeah, one of these fights I thought was stopped early. Uh, I thought, and I wasn't sure which one. Um, was it? Maybe it was maybe Phil Rowe and Jason Witt. The, that where, was like, that, Witt was kind of like yeah that that one that one was like he uh, it was Witt went down right away and it was immediately stopped. May, yeah, yeah it, it's one of those like you know he kind of got a, he kind of got up quickly and looked okay but at the same yeah. time you know was a knockdown with from right hand you kind of don't yep. know so 
but I think that's and and they usually like they'll they'll tend to show like a replay that oh yeah you see he was out and they didn't really do that here so not necessarily saying that it was bad it just kind of looked bad. Um, what one thing I thought was funny was uh, Hakeem Dawadu in his post fight uh, promo. He talked about what a great night it was for Canada, um, and but the funny thing is is in the fight right before that. Mark Andre Barrio lost in 16 seconds, um, and and he's Canadian. But then he mentioned, you know, Malcolm Gordon getting the win, and then he said, and then he's like, and then and then the girl, I can't remember her name. I'm really sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I can't remember your name. <laughs> it's like Alexis Davis. Uh, I thought that was that was funny too. But uh, yeah, I mean, the prelims were pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of finishes, um, and uh, you know, it was you know just the main card that you know other than that uh, fight of the night. Like again, it wasn't a bad card at all. Just kind of not as you know classic a card as the uh as the um you as the ufc cards have been of late what uh do you have your uh your ratings what what was your worst fight uh let me pull those up real quick kind of put me on i got mine i i gave like one and a half stars to the opener uh just because like nothing happened and then you had the injury so uh, or no wait a minute no and Jaquani and and Berrio, i only gave because it was 16 seconds i gave it like one and a quarter stars uh usually something like that like that i'll give i'll give like you know quick finish like that gets three stars for me uh worst oh, okay. i did have the opener as the worst probably just but outside okay. of that uh yeah outside of that i had uh you know Goran Battle, Alvy Allen, and Soriano Maximov as my worst fights on the card. All right, cool. Yeah, I was just curious. All right, so that was the uh, the UFC on uh, ESPN Plus, and uh, coming up uh, this coming weekend, we're back on pay per view. Uh, UFC two seventy one. Israel Asanya and Robert Whitaker, one title fight on this show. Um, you know, they normally like to do two, but uh, they rolled the dice with one and managed to not have it fall apart. Although you did have the backup uh, middleweight fight on the on the main card that, you know, one of those guys would have stepped in if need be. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's from Houston, uh, which, uh, you know, I think you've mentioned before that they've got a deal now where they're going to be doing like two big shows a year from Houston well, one, for the well, foreseeable future. Well, it was one and supposedly it was only like last year and this year. So, but I'm sure they'll be back. next. Oh, okay. They'll probably be back next year. Oh, so, well, I, I, I thought, I guess I misunderstood you. I thought, I thought you said they were doing like two a year. Or no, something, just, but, um, Okay, but yeah, this is Houston, and again, you got uh, hometown boy Derek Lewis in the co-main event, uh, big heavyweight fight against Tui Tuivasa, which is a fight you told them to make, and they did. Um, and yeah, this is uh, you know it should be a fun card. Not uh, you know, I mean, not not huge huge names on the card, but a big 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 title fight. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're going out on a limb here on saying, you know, possible fight of the year contender in the main event uh, between Israel Asanya and Robert Whitaker. Um, first, you know, this is their third fight, right? Second. Second? Okay. Yeah, just, this is why you, they pay you the big bucks. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a rematch of, uh, you know, their first fight. Was it, uh, what happened in the first fight? Remind me. Adesanya just outclassed Whitaker and Finn knocked him out in the second round. Right. Yeah. It, uh, USC 243. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, but then Whitaker, you know, he's uh, earned this title shot by, you know, winning three straight 
all by decision, but dominant decisions over Darren Till, Jared Cannonier, and Kelvin Gastelum uh, to set up this rematch that I think originally they were hoping was going to be, you know, in Australia or New Zealand, but, you know, COVID still won't go away. So it's going to be in Houston. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not sure how much different it's going to be than the first fight was. I mean, Whitaker, he's he's definitely shown, you know, some solid improvements in those last three wins, and especially with his his wrestling in his last uh, fight against Kelvin Gastelum, who's a strong wrestler, and we saw Adesanya's weakness against Jan Blakovich was was the takedowns, but also Jan Blakovich was very very much larger. Than Adesanya was, whereas Adesanya is probably the bigger of the two between between him and Whitaker. So I don't think Whitaker will have the same kind of success, and I don't know that I don't know that'll go any different on the feet. Adesanya just absolutely outclassed him the first time, and as great as Whitaker is, he can't match the striking that Adesanya can't has. So if if Israel comes into this, you know, crisp on everything. I mean, I don't see it ending any differently than the first fight did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of tend to agree. I, I don't want to sell, you know, Whitaker short. I mean, I know a lot of people are really high on him, but I just look at this fight and, you know, I have a hard time. I haven't looked at the odds, but I have a hard time, you know, picking against Adesanya. Yeah. I, uh, I love it. And I love Whitaker. I think he, I think yeah. when you look at all the UFC champions, like the list of everybody in every division, he might be the most underrated UFC champion of all time, you know, and definitely probably one of the more underappreciated UFC champions of all time. Just, to, just his, his, you know, his, uh, his as. Uh, he felt like somebody who never got the due he deserved for being a great fighter because it just kind of felt like, you know, he, he had those awesome wins and those two great fights over Yoel, Yoel Romero. But obviously a lot of people always thought, well, you know, maybe Romero's better or this and that. He just never kind of felt like he got his due as the best middleweight in the world. And I really think he, you know, it's a kind of a shame because, you know, as he was, and also as he was taking off his champion, you know, you had the rise of Israel Adesanya out of nowhere. So it's yeah. just kind of, you know, always, it's always felt like Robert Whitaker has been overshadowed by somebody, somebody, which is a shame. But, but yeah, I just, I don't think Adesanya, I don't think is a good matchup for him. And Whitaker in the past, even at 170, I mean, it's, Biggest loss at 170 was to Stephen Thompson, who knocked him out, and it's a very similar kind of, you know, style almost. He just seems to have trouble with these lanky strikers who can kind of land out of nowhere. Nowhere, it just it just feels just like a bad matchup for him. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think too part of what why people kind of overlook Whitaker is because of kind of the circumstances around him winning the title and it being like a vacant title because GSP yeah. won the title from Bisping and then vacated it, so he wasn't like the real champion in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, he never got he never got the GSP fight. He never got the Bisping fight. You know that he she should have had yeah. both of those. So that's 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 a lot why you know because he was technically an interim champion who became 
who became the top guy, you know, under circumstance. And then, and then, you know, he never really, he also never really got a title, <laughs> title defense, you know, no. you know, he, no. because Romero missing weight, missing weight and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Whitaker was in situations where he could have lost the title to, you know, against guys who never, so, I mean, he never, yeah. I mean, Whitaker, he he never actually had a title defense, which is just because of Yoel Romero's crazy craziness. So, but I mean, but I still don't think he ever got his his due as being you know one of the no. best middleweights in the world, and I think he finally is now. Yeah, and I mean, if he if he was to get the upset, I mean, it'd be a great story. Yeah. I just don't think it'll happen. I think he will do better than he did last time, um, but I just can't see him winning. And and the upset sets up the third fight, you know, for perfect for yes. Australia and New oh. Zealand because I think I think you know, especially in Australia, I think I think I read something today today about how Australia is finally about to open up to the outside world again. Oh, good. So good. again, so I mean, you know, that's. A third fight between them, you know, would definitely happen in a stadium in Australia later on in this year. Even though, even though the first fight happened in a stadium in Australia, the third one would happen there as well. It's only fitting, but yeah, but yeah, but I don't think he's going to win this. I think Izzy's going to keep the belt. Yeah, I think we're getting. Uh, I think we're getting close to normal. Uh, I got uh, got some good news this week uh, about uh, WrestleMania in. Uh, in a couple months so i might be uh might be in your end your end of the woods soon uh we'll see what happens um so co-main event we talked to mentioned a little bit earlier uh hopefully you you have a couple beers handy uh i can't can't. i'm I'm working i'm working oh yeah well hey just put them in your shoe and and hand them over to tui i'm a professional uh, so you can do a shoe i'm a professional i know i know I, I guarantee you somebody on Media Row is going to try and get a shoey over to Ty if he wins. Um, I mean, so if he wins, we get a shoey. And if we if Lewis wins, we get uh, Derek Lewis promo. I mean, we can't lose. Well, yeah. I mean, also, also Ty wins. You also get a Ty Tui Vasa post-fight promo, which, which true, I mean, true, yeah. are very close to the level of a Derek Lewis post-fight promo, you know. Yeah. So. This is a perfect fight. I mean, this is a perfect fight, and you get to be there cage side. Perfect, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I kind of don't care. This is kind of one of those fights where I don't care who wins. Wins, I will be upset at either one of them losing. <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. just because they're just they're two of the most likable guys like in the UFC, regardless of division. It's just it's kind of like one of those fights you look at. It's like okay, the the press conference on Thursday on Thursday is going to be great. The the you know stare down is going to be great the fight's going to be great everything that happens after the fight's going to be great like how can you not be entertained and hey it's what Derek Lewis wants he wants the three he wants those three round fights and I love how Taito Ivasa said he was blackout drunk when they called him to offer him this fight and he said yes and he didn't even know that he said yes somebody had to remind him that he said oh they said yes God. to the fight because I mean, it came together. Uh, it came together rather quickly. Because remember, both these guys fought in December. <laughs> yeah, December, and like, yep. and like we were like, I was calling on the show, calling Colin, just like you have to go to that fight. That's the only fight that makes sense for both for both of them. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, they were both they both were on Ariel Hawani's show, like like a couple of days after Lewis's fight, and Ariel brought up the fight to them, and they both they both sounded interested. And literally the next day, they get a the fight's being announced. So I guess you know, just the fact that both of them. 
said, hey, hey, we want to fight each other, and then we get we need a co-main event for Houston. And even though Derek Lewis said he yeah. hates fighting in Houston, I mean, he, he, you know, he's not one to turn down fights, especially a three-round fight. And I mean, this is just perfect. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, there's always a possibility that you might get like a boring, you know, like a Derek Lewis fight. You know, he's had a couple of those, but. Tai Tuivasa has really only had the one with Andre Arlovsky and every other fight has been, you know, a finish, uh, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're going to get like just a knock him, knock him down, you know, probably isn't going five minutes and, yeah. you know, somebody's getting knocked out. Somebody's uh, cutting a promo and maybe somebody's having a shoey. I mean, Tai Tuivasa might have a shoey even if he loses. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, this will be great. Yeah. Um, you know, everything you could possibly want. People will be raving about, you know, whatever happens one way or the other. They're going to want a title shot for the winner. And, you know, guys, you know, neither one of these guys is going to be a champion anytime soon. But, yeah. I mean, booking I mean, one of them in a title fight. I mean, if Ty, is, if Ty wins, especially if he wins by first round finish, yeah. I mean, that's that'd be five in a row and five first round knockouts. I mean, yep. you know, you know, yep. that's, you know, that's good. I mean, you could. Oh, that's great! You could realistic. I mean, he's could, not. He's not. He, he's he's not beating Francis Ngannou, but you can definitely sell the fight. <laughs> he, he might not get a chance to fight Francis Ngannou. Nobody else might not get a chance to fight Francis true, Ngannou. True. True. So, yeah. So, but I mean, him against yeah. him against anybody else, you know, outside of Cyril gone because just God plays it safe, like everybody else. I mean, he could he could knock out anybody anybody in that division. Same with yeah. Derek Lewis. So yeah, and maybe maybe something will happen to. I don't want. I shouldn't. You know, what, I'm not even going to say what I was going to yeah. say. Uh, I was going to create a scenario where this this fight ends up being for an interim title, but I, I won't go there. No. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, and uh, so the uh, the other um, you know kind of featured fight is, uh, and really the only other you know kind of fight of consequence on the main card is uh, Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson. Uh, you know, middleweight fight, uh, both guys top. You know, just basically the next contenders underneath the two two guys in the main event. Um, you know, the, this fight's on here very specifically because if anything happened with Adesanya or Whitaker, one of these guys is going to step in, probably uh, Cannonier, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, they're going to fight and, uh, you know, realistically the winner should get a title shot out of it unless, uh, you know, unless it, they just stink up the joint and then you got Sean Strickland waiting in the wings, which is always possible. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's always possible that these two could have a, a, have oh, yeah. a boring fight, boring fight. But I mean, but Brunson, Brunson has been, you know, a lot more aggressive lately and a lot more of a finisher lately. So, so I can't, mm-hmm. and Cannonier can turn it on when he needs to. So, so it's just, you know, it's an interesting interesting fight yeah combined these guys have won nine of their last ten yeah so you know and the only loss was uh you know cannoneer to whitaker so yeah. Here, here's what i was gonna oh. say earlier about the sean strickland i do think if uh israel and cannoneer win that that's that's going to be next uh if brunson wins this and adesanya wins it I could see possibly Strickland sliding in there just because, just because Adesanya has that win over Brunson. Granted, it was it was right before Brunson went on the went on the streak, and then if he wins if he wins here, I think that's what like six in a row. If he wins here, he would deserve it. But but also Adesanya really embarrassed Derek Brunson badly the first time they they fought. So that could be, you know, that could be 
possible. Now, if Whitaker wins, beats Adesanya, I think they're going straight to the trilogy. But uh, you know, but other than that, I mean, Rip Whitaker, one of his recent wins is over Cannonier, and he finished Eric Brunson again many years ago. So I mean, that's different. So so uh, you know, that's why I think Sean Strickland will end up fighting. You know, one of the one of these four next. That's what I think it'll be next. But I definitely, yeah, I, def- I know in your in your column, you be, you called for them to fight the for Strickland to fight the Cannoneer Brunson loser. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the other two main card fights are, you know, um, you know, a couple interesting prospects against, uh, you know, kind of veterans, I guess. Uh, well, one for sure, uh, Kyler Phillips, uh, guy's got a lot of hype. Uh, bantamweight nine and two going against Marcelo Rojo, who is, you know, not really a big contender, but, um, you know, Phillips had a setback in his last fight. He lost the majority decision to, uh, Rowley and Paiva. Was there some kind of a penalty point involved in there? I can't, I'm I can't right. remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look back at my notes. I think so. I think that's what happened. But um, And then, you know, but Rojo, this kind of feels like a setup fight. It's, you know, Rojo's coming in. It's definitely a bounce back fight for Phillips. Yeah, because, you know, Rojo's lost two of his last three and probably a guy just kind of filling out, you know, finishing out his contract and, you know, you know probably not a guy that UFC would be – terribly keen on re-signing um you know even if he wins yeah, it's all, i mean uh, but it's only his second ufc fight too so isn't it his third no nah, it's his second yeah. uh, oh yeah you're right you're right yeah i you know i keep forgetting because i i've seen this guy for years yeah um you know he's been around fight, for, uh cast been around for some fight ca- sexy mexi yeah my boy sexy mexi and combate I've seen a w- more sexy Maxi than just about anybody yeah. on the planet. Um, yeah, I'm big, big sexy Maxi fan. Maybe Campbell McLaren, uh, maybe so, maybe watch him fight more than you. <laughs> maybe I don't know if he's watching the UFC fights. Um, you know, he's uh, he's got to build up those ratings. He's he he watches the shows a hundred thousand times, and that that's in a hundred thousand extra viewers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Ky- yeah, Kyler Phillips. Uh, you know, uh, he should win this and and bounce back. And uh, you know, he had won four in a row coming into uh, you know, that loss to Piva. So, uh, should be good. And then Nazrat Hawkparast feels like a guy that we've talked a lot about on this show. Another guy. You know, he's. Had that great fight with Dan Hooker uh, in his last one, um, that you know where both of them were just like total warriors, and he's got a tough fight with against Bobby Green. Um, he's a guy that nobody ever wants to fight. Um, you know, there's there's no, you can't win. You know, against Bobby Green, like you either lose or you know you 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 win, but it's like a war. Yeah. Um. I don't know why anybody ever wants to fight that yeah. guy. And, <laughs> and Bobby Green, he had that great fight against Rafael Fiziev, and the last time the UFC was in Houston, and got a great reaction yeah. from the local crowd. So he's going to be a huge fan favorite on this show. So very, oh, very, I, that was very, that was the one very smart idea by the UFC to book him on this show because he's got a lot of popularity in Houston. Isn't the, wasn't that the one where, um, one of the judges scored like the round that was a 10, eight green round scored it for Fiziev. I, I I'm almost positive. I remember that. Uh, it was just brutal. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and I think it was that one guy, that one judge who only judges in Houston. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it was 30, 27, 29, 28, 29, 28. So, 
okay okay maybe i'm i remember but but yeah judging in this is texas and the mma judging in texas is always a a big talking point anytime that they're in houston dallas austin san antonio fort worth you know you know something to pay attention to on this one there will be some bad scorecards we'll put it to you that way yeah for sure um, and then, uh, you know, when we do a pay-per-view show, like we always kind of go over the prelims as well, um, you know, in our preview and really like there's four like really good prelim fights here. Like really like probably other than the top three fights, like these four prelims are bigger fights than the other two main card fights. Um, we got, you know, former champion Andre Arlovsky still kicking around, uh, in the featured prelim. Um, you know, he's won four of his last five. Like I, and, and I swear to God, like Andre Arlovsky a better fighter now than he was when he was the UFC champion. I I'll die on that hill. Um, you know, cause the, the quality of fighters was not close to what it is now when he was a champion and he's just a more well-rounded fighter. Um, you know, he, he's a decision fighter now. Like it's funny because he had gone like years without ever going to a decision. And now like every fight goes to a decision. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than the, you know, the finish by Aspinall and Rosenstruck, every fight that he's had, uh, since what, like 2017, like has, has gone to a decision. He's, so. al- he's also, um, he's also, un- you know, I, I, he's also undefeated since his first AEW television appearance. Oh, you're right. Great, yeah, granted, that's right. Granted, that's only that. one fight. Yeah, but he's still, one. But granted, that's only one fight, but still. <laughs> Hey, he's won, he's won two in a row in four of his last five. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, he's beat Tanner Boser. He beat Chase Sherman. Well, Chase Sherman sucks. but um, And he's going against the guy that I always think looks like John Moxley, even though he doesn't, even though I say he does, Jared Vandera. Um, you know, hopefully Definitely Jared doesn't Vandera look like John Moxley right now. His last fight. Definitely doesn't look like Mox right now. No. Now that Mox, you know. Is... No. no, but there was the one fight. I think it was his debut where he just kind of looked like him. Oh, I know because Moxley's so like trim now. He's trim. trim um, he's yeah, trim that's and, what you mean. He's trimming a beefcake right now. You know, he's not. You know. Yeah, a beefcake. I'm, I'm not using those words. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a South, know, Park, it's a it's South Park term. Freedom. Beefcake. Beefcake. I know. Yeah. I know. Beefcake. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know with the uh, that's God. You were like ten when that when that show was on. And I've watched that South Park particular since, episode. <laughs> I've watched South Park since day one. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So did I. So did I. Uh, I'm a cop, and you will respect my authority. Uh, all right. Uh, all right, Paul. <laughs> yeah. So Jared Vandera. You do it better than me, though. At least <laughs> Jared Vandera. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Ryan put me over. Look at that. Uh, Andre Lasky and Jared Vandera in the featured prelim. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, it should be a good fight. Should should go the distance, I would think. And uh, Ar- Arlovsky should pick up another win here, I would think. Yeah, I agree. And then I believe this is the retirement fight for it Roxanne Matafari. It is. I think she's already announced that. Yeah, yeah. she announced it already. Yeah, against Casey O'Neill, unbeaten Scott. Um, you know, women's flyweight fight. Uh, this is um, you got you know. I mean, Montefiore's there to put her over. Yeah, you gotta respect, but you gotta respect Ro- Roxanne doing the doing the proper thing on retirement, going out, putting over the putting over the young veteran or the young the young prospect okay. who might be a champion one day. You know, it's pure pro wrestling right yeah, here. Yeah, or. Or she upsets her in her in her uh, you know fight. I mean, she did that before. She beat uh, Antonina a few years ago. She beat Macy Barber. 
Yeah, yeah, she but, did. I mean, I don't expect that to happen Casey, here. But Casey O'Neill's much better than those two. So, uh, and yeah, so yeah, we talked. Uh, yeah, Casey O'Neill is. Uh, you know, she's three and zero in the UFC. All three wins by finish, which you don't see very often in in the women's divisions. So yeah, this and you know, and Mata Ferry's much better striker than she was earlier in her career. But this will go to the ground at some point, and Casey O'Neill will probably yeah. finish her when yeah. it gets there. Casey o- women's flyweight, Casey O'Neill, Aaron Blanchfield. If you if y'all are listening, if you see those two booked for fights, watch them. Those are those are two. They're future champions, you know, even with Val, you know, because Valentina is going to eventually, eventually is going to lose or retire someday, maybe. Who knows? But, you know, these, these girls are 24 and 21. So, so even, you know, six years from now, you know, when they're, when they hit their 30s, they're going to be still UFC champion and contenders. I'm going to have a hard time choking back the tears when uh, Mata Ferry drops her gloves in the middle of the ring. I, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm a big uh, Mata Ferry fan. Uh, and then we got a men's flyweight fight, uh, Alex Perez and Matt Chanel. Uh, you know, two guys, you know, Perez is ranked. Chanel isn't. Uh, I guess he's Ch- going down. Chanel, right? Chanel's ranked at flyweight. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna, oh, okay. We're gonna knock. I on, didn't realize we're that. gonna knock on wood real quick on this fight because it's only this fight's been pushed back. I think like three or four times already. So hopefully, you know, it actually yeah. does happen. <laughs> three times, yeah, because it was supposed to happen last May and then September and then December. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why I thought uh, I didn't realize he was ranked, but uh, oh, because he fought his last fight at bantamweight. Yeah. That's what it was. So. Uh, yeah, so he's the list I'm looking at. He's actually listed as a bantamweight, but uh, he's yeah. So these guys are both ranked. This is you know it's a it's a it should be a really good fight. Yeah. Matt Chanel fights are always yeah. Fun. Perez yeah. Perez hasn't fought since his title fight loss to uh, Davison Figueredo back in November 2020. So he's coming off a long layoff. And uh, kicking off the uh, the the main prelims uh, is uh, you know a beast. William Knight against uh, Maxime Grishin, who's a different kind of beast, um, and this this should not last long. Yeah, the only only thing would be uh, Knight just took this fight like a couple of days ago, so that would be the only thing holding him back is making sure you know he's you know fight ready. But is he yeah. gonna make weight? Uh, I hope so. I mean, the dude's. The, I mean, we've seen him before. That dude is a fucking monster for a light heavyweight. It's like, yeah. it's like him, him and Alonzo Minifield. It's like, how do those guys make two or five? Because they they look like NFL linebackers. The, both those guys just yeah. just muscular with the big shoulders and the big legs. But but yeah, I mean, you know, I've been really impressed with William Knight, even though you know he, you know he's he's had a setback before. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you know if he comes in and he's in shape. And I think he'll win this fight. Yeah, Grisham's lost two of his last three. So, um, you know, he needs to win. Long time veteran. You know, he hasn't been in UFC that long, but he's fought he's fought 42 times in his career. Long time uh, M1 ve- uh, veteran going all the way back to when M1 used to be on uh, Showtime, uh, you know, kind of in the uh, the Bellator era. They, they aired the odd... Um, M1 show and he was uh, featured in in there at that time. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, that'll be a good uh, light heavyweight fight to uh, kick off the the uh, main prelims and uh, just take us through these early prelims. Okay. We got five, six fights right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could change. <laughs> we have six fight, six early prelims. So we got fifteen fights total on the card. You know, before any fight week stuff. But this last show, this past week, didn't have any COVID issues. So it looks like we're kind of maybe a little past that. So so, but anyway, uh, it uh, it the final fight of the early prelims. I'm going to start from end to end to start. So we have a Bantamweight fight, Mana Martinez against Ronnie Lawrence. Both these guys are in their second UFC fights. Lawrence looked really good in his debut, just a lot of takedowns, a lot of ground and pound. And, and, uh, but yeah, two lower level prospects, you know, should be a good fight. Uh, we have a lightweight fight, Alexander Hernandez against Renato Moicano. Kind of surprised this, this fight's this low on the card. Like it could realistically have been yeah. on the main card it kind of you know but it's in the early prelims so yeah very interesting both these guys are really good uh, both of them have been ranked before both of them trying to get back in the rankings uh alexander hernandez was kind of bitching about this fight saying he doesn't know what a win does what a win does for him like uh, in the overall pitcher pitcher because he feels like he's better than moicano and moicano is kind of you know he's he's a little crazy crazy you know very dangerous on the ground on the ground too both these you know this that should be a good fight. Uh, we got a light heavyweight fight. Carlos Olberg, training partner of Israel Adesanya, against Fabio Charant. Uh, I mean, Olberg's 0-1 in his one UFC fight. Uh, Charant's 0-2. Both these guys looking for the first win. Both of them are strikers. I uh, don't see this uh, lasting past the first round. Uh, then we have a middleweight fight. AJ Dobson, undefeated fighter coming off the contender series against uh, Jacob Malkoon, a Robert Whitaker training partner. Uh, Dobson's got tons of potential. I think this is going to be a showcase fight for him. Malkoon is He's okay, you know. He's 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 in the UFC because of Robert Whitaker being a training partner, but he's he's only got like five or six fights. He did be uh, uh, Abdul Razak all saw in his last fight. It was an impressive win, but I think you know Dobson's going to run through him. Uh, we have a bantamweight fight: Douglas Silva de Andrade against Sergey Morozov. Uh, kind of just. This is the one fight that kind of feels out of place on this show, you know, a Brazilian against a Russian, yeah. a Russian, you know, and none of these guys are really have any connection to Houston or any other fight, you know, fighters on this card. So, but yeah, uh, Andrade, you know, has some can have some exciting fights. So can Morozov. It's, it's a fight, and then we kick off the night with a welterweight fight. Jeremiah Wells against another Israel Adesanya training partner. Is is his real name is Mike Mathitha, but most people will know him as by his nickname of Blood Diamond. He's a huge kickboxing, just an absolute freak kickboxing guy. I mean, just he's knockout artist in kickboxing. He's a great signing. He's only three and zero in MMA and hasn't fought you know MMA in a while. But I mean, he's. He's a lot like Israel. Israel, I mean, and those guys are mirror images. And, yeah, and you know, he could be somebody like Alex Pereira, who, who you know, recent sign, recent signing. He could be like that, just a guy you don't want to, you don't want to trade with on the feet. So I mean, he could have impressive debut. And Wells is an action fighter. So yeah, yeah, that should be a really good fight. 
Yeah. So yeah, 10, 10 prelim fights in total, four on the you know the main prelims, and then six early prelims. Uh, is what time's the show scheduled to start? It's, like usually it's it's five. It, I mean the schedule. I it, the schedule. Uh, I got the PR schedule. Probably four thirty. Uh, would think. I, yeah. yeah Oh, the PR schedule. Oh, they haven't put out the. They haven't sent out the. They've sent. Oh, you know what? It says six Eastern here, so yeah, they're, they're I, really I, scheduled to go. To, I have a feeling they're going to get six fights in in two hours. I have a feeling it's going to start sooner than that. I mean, I mean that's okay. That's what it's. I think they always have it as that. I think realistically it'll start at five thirty Eastern, four thirty Central Time. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what the I, uh, the if if all these fights happen, yeah, which yeah, if they all happen, it, the event schedule that we've been sent out for media covering covering the fight it has every, it has all the events except for Saturday, which makes me think that they haven't finalized the Saturday schedule yet, as far as like doors opening and when the first fight's starting so so yeah the schedule currently says five eastern or six eastern time five central but if you're listening expect uh, assuming all 15 fights stay on the card expect the show to start earlier and expect me to dm you uh on saturday afternoon and ask you when the first fight is yes um i I might get ahead (laughs) i might get ahead of you once i find out for sure when when i get down to houston in a couple actually no you know what i won't be doing that that's right i won't be doing that because i'll be uh we'll probably be having lunch or something uh because yeah we're we're checking into the hotel at like four so uh, yeah, yeah so I'll the, watch. I'll watch the prelims when, later. When the wife goes to sleep, Paul gets to watch the fights. That's how it goes. Exactly. Exactly. After we, uh, no, you know what? I talked about. Uh, I talked about what we'll do later on on the Dynamite show, and that's for the Patreon. So uh, you you just get the PG version here. Um, that's all. That's so, all. That's all uh, I that, need to know. I just need to know the PG version. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to traumatize you. Uh, so that is UFC 271 from Houston. Ryan will be covering it there live for the Observer for uh, while well, he'll have his preview on Fight Game Media later this week, and uh, and then we'll be recapping it on the Patreon and then on uh, on our show next week. So that is it for UFC 271, and uh, you know we have to talk about. Um, we don't really have much this week, but uh, I guess what we can talk about. Is is uh, something that we first brought up last week, um, which I think it was still a rumor last week, but uh, now it's official. Yeah, for this week, or we had to talk about segment. We're going to talk about the Ultimate Fighter because yes, the coaches have been officially announced. Like we talked about last week, it's Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez, but uh, also the cast was announced this past week. You know, it's heavyweight, yeah, heavyweights and women's flyweights, and I mean, there's not a lot. There, there, you know, as for, you know, as far as like names, the biggest name on the, on the show definitely is, uh, in the heavyweight is, uh, Muhammad Usman, like Maro's brother who's fought PFL and all, and all those, he has to be like, I would guess he's the favorite maybe, you know, so, so, you know, there's, you know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that, uh, you know, he's having to get on this way. Yeah, I mean they. I'm sure you know they. They wanted somebody kind of know, kind of known. So so it kind of makes sense. Makes sense. I mean it's yeah. He's probably better off doing this than than the contender series. So anyway, as far as the um the go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say the the um, the the women's uh, list is pretty bad. Um, I the only name I even recognize is uh, Caitlin Neal because uh, she's been in Invicta and uh, even fought a Bellator fight. Uh, you know, a few years back. Yeah. But I mean, most most of them are like pretty close to 500 record. Yeah. The only, um, the only one I know is Juliana Miller because she's she trains with. Uh, uh, in San Diego with Angela Hill, Jessica Panay, Casagano, all the, all the, oh, okay. and she's trained here locally in Fort Worth, and, and she's done some submission underground and some of those grappling events that have been on UFC Fight Pass, and she's also kind of been a, you know, Instagram kind of phenom a little bit oh, know, yeah. for for the MMA followers on there but that's the only one I know on that I don't really know a lot of these people on this show on actually the show, so. uh, Catherine Paprocki Catherine Paprocki is somebody we both watched she was on the contender series this year yeah. she lost yeah that's right Yeah, uh, to Maria Silva yeah um, so yeah I, I thought I recognized that name and I just looked it up and for some reason now I want to say Helen Peralta yeah. is somebody yeah. that I believe and, and I, I've heard of Bro- Brogan I've heard of Brogan Walker as well so yeah so I mean it's they're not like huge yeah. names yeah Helen Peralta yeah she's actually won a couple couple times on Invicta so yeah. that's where I know her uh, I get basically it. and she fought bare knuckle fighting that's where I saw her yeah she, that's I remember that yeah I saw her in bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, it's. I mean, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And of course, you got Pena and Nunez as coaches. Uh, yeah, the they start filming. Uh, I think this week because today today was media day for for at least the coaches. Pena and Nunez had had their you know big day with the media there in Las Vegas and and then did a stare down. Uh, Nunez talked a little bit about. Leaving American Top Team, she said that opening, opening her own private gym was something she always wanted to do, do before she ended her career. Her career, she's a, uh, she's gonna work with some co- some coaches that you know she, she's worked with in the past, you know, and a lot of them who were there in her early part of her career, her career, and and when she first became champion, but had left American Top Team for you know a bunch of reasons, and, and Nunez said she had always kind of like you know she's always she she didn't have any like falling out falling out with you know dan lambert or anybody there's relationships still there i think her gym's gonna end up being like an affiliate of some sort some sort i mean so like like you know the holy shit what (laughs) oh okay um sorry i i am distracted um i got Check out the DM I just sent you. Okay. On Twitter. Yeah. Do you recognize that guy? Is that Rob McDonald, uh, also known as? Yeah. As a. Bobby Maximus. Yeah. He's on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He. He's. Oh my God. Like he's uh so Bobby Maximus, aka Rob McDonald, was on the second season of the Ultimate Fighter, lost to Brad Imes. Uh, got a UFC fight in 2006. Uh, actually, two UFC fights in 2006. He won his last one. No, three. Sorry. Fought three times in UFC, all in 2006. He went one and two. And uh, hasn't fought since 2009. And he's going to be on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. 
How do we bury that lead? I kind of forgot to bring it up, bring it up because I was, yeah, that's the the change. The change of the names was kind of one of those things where, like, I yeah. don't think they were. Well, tra- I wouldn't know. I don't think they were trying to to get people to to uh, realize it that you know. But uh, well, they can't not bring that up. Yeah, it, it, it's been it, it's already been brought up on social media since Saturday. So no, no, but I mean yeah. in the show, like yeah. they have to talk about it yeah. on the show. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's I saw the name and I'm like I don't I'm know wondering the why they, and then then I saw in the I'm wondering why they put him on the show at 43 years old with a five and four <laughs> record and not having fought since then so there has to be some court yeah and that picture I showed you is from 2006 so who there knows has to be like some now. sort of story there but anyway back on yeah back on Nunez yeah sorry back on Nunez <laughs> your freak out thing there was kind of like getting me concerned I was like did something bad happen <laughs> no 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 sorry but uh yeah Nunez I mean shouldn't have a falling out with American top team like Brandy Rhodes like to claim in front of Dan Lambert's face on, on Dynamite. <laughs> you know, there's a pretty much mutual they knew. But, uh, yeah, Nunez, uh, uh, she was saying today, she uh, told Juliana Pena, enjoy your time as champion because you're, you're not going to be champion very long. So, so yeah, it should be an interesting dynamic yeah. between, between the two. You know, so filming should be starting any day now for the show. And uh, as far as when they're going to fight, uh, probably August is what I'm guessing. Uh, this is just guessing. I don't know. Com- for, Comain. For sure. Comain. It won't. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I it's too early to say. I don't think it'll be on the International Fight Week card because that would be while the show is still airing because uh, the show right. the show debuts May 3rd. So if they do, uh, I think it's I think they still do 12 episodes. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think they do yeah. 10 now. I think they still do 12, which which would mean the last episode would be middle of July. And they usually it's very rare for the coaches to fight while the show is still going on, even though it. It'll have been taped already, but you know. So I, I see, I see them fighting in August or so. Yeah, they usually they'll do like the the. Uh, I mean, they don't even call it tough finale anymore. It's just fight night, but uh, they'll do like the finale, and then they'll have the coaches fight like a week or two later. Is usually what they've been doing the last few years. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, the Ultimate Fighter. So check out uh, you know all these women you never heard of and uh, old Bobby Maximus, forty uh, three year old, uh, you know UFC veteran uh, trying to you know make a big comeback. He he might uh, surpass Julian Arosa for uh, comeback story of the year, uh, depending on whatever happens there. Uh, you know he's gonna have his in tough against Muhammad Usman though. Um, so uh, before we go, we should just uh, run down the uh, some quick news items. Um, we which I guess leading off would be... Uh, uh, I'm going to lead off with... I don't think this had... Br- Go ahead. Okay, Go you ahead. lead off with whatever you want. Hopefully, it's the same thing. Well, I was going to say Henry Cejudo. Oh, no. No, I'm doing something different because this was something that just happened today. today but uh, Kamar Usman had, had his surgery today for his uh, the torn ligaments okay. in his hand. Uh, if you like gross pictures, go check out Dana White's Twitter and Instagram because he decided to post pictures of... Usman's hand in the middle of surgery, so you know there's always that if you want to see some see some cool. Look no, I don't. I don't. But, uh, I'll anyway. just go. I'll just go look at some TikTok videos. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah. So, so uh, uh, Usman's manager Lee Ali Abdelaziz said, uh, "Looks like he'll be able to fight in July." So, so it could be international oh. fight week. Him against Leon Edwards. You know, or him against Conor McGregor. Cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, but, 
<laughs> but anyway, that's going to happen at some point. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Cejudo, uh I don't think this had broken yet last week. Well, we, uh, we, talk, we talked. We talked about um, it on the show because Chell Chell had brought it up. Did we? Okay. But we had talked about okay, Chell, yeah. Chell saying that Cejudo told him that he went back in the testing pool. Yeah, you're right because I brought up you know him fighting Jan. Yeah, and then of course Henry this week saying you know no he hasn't. So I mean it's. Henry Cejudo's word against Chael Sonnen's word. I mean, like, who the, I guess I'm gonna. Yeah, well, like, yeah. like the truth. The truth is the truth is definitely in the middle somewhere there. I mean, obviously, if Cejudo yeah. is any interest in fighting anytime soon, he's got to be in the testing pool for six months before he can fight again. So, so I mean, there's a yeah, it's, he uh, he hasn't been tested in 2021 from the last time I looked up looked up the testing results as long as those are accurate because I don't know how accurate their 2022 quarter one results are because they have some people who aren't even on the roster who are listed as having been tested in the first quarter of 2022. So who knows? Um, yeah, I, one thing I thought was funny was uh, I was listening to uh, wrestling observer radio on Friday and you know, our buddy Garrett was talking with Dave and mentioning, uh, something that Dave, you know, you know, broke some news in the observer that you had already talked about like two weeks ago, I think, uh, in, in that was the, um, the Brooklyn show getting moved to Jacksonville. And, uh, but the, the key thing there that they talked about too is Max Holloway. And he is basically going to be ready to fight, you know, by the time that we finally get the, um, you know, Korean zombie and Alexander Volkanovsky fight. So I guess Volk- Holloway will probably weigh in as a potential sub for that fight. I mean, uh, I mean, nothing's been like cleared there, but yeah, Max got Max got cleared from his injury to train, you know, this past week. So he's, you know, he he said he's going to be training just in case you know something happens to either guy. Calvin Cater said the same thing; he's going to be training just in case you know he gets ready for either guy. You know, I saw there was yeah. saw a lot of people talking about you know after he got cleared like. Why are they still doing the Volkanovski Korean zombie fight? Well, I mean, originally that fight was going to be in March, and then you know, but got moved back because because the Colby and Jorge fight came together really quickly, really quickly, and then at the same time when you booked that fight, you didn't know Max was going to be cleared this soon. They had no idea he was going to be cleared. No, this soon. and you can't you, you can't, can't take away the title shot from yeah, Zombie. You can't you can't and uh, Volkanovski didn't want to wait. He wanted he wanted to fight in March. You know he's fight in april so i mean so it's just i mean it's just one of those situations you had no idea when max was going to be clear cleared i mean the whenever i heard heard that you know whenever he was taken out of the fight i heard originally it could be months before he's cleared to return you know i don't think anybody expected him to be cleared cleared you know within a month so so it's just you know it's you know everybody's just like just go back to the original it's just like no just let let's do volkanovsky and korean zombie zombie 
deserves a title fight. I mean, everybody wants to see him in a title fight. Just let it happen. And Max can fight the winner. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Point, so. And then they can fight. They can probably go on that, uh, you know, unless one of the, one of these guys gets hurt. They could probably fight in on that August show with uh, Nunez uh, and Payne. August, September, whenever. Yeah, it's just, it's just you know, don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Max, you know, he he's hurt. I mean, you know, just because just cause he just got cleared this week, you don't need to be rushing him into a fight in April. We'll give him some give him some time you know the dude also just got married married not that long ago let him enjoy life a little bit you know yeah um and then yeah, the other notable thing i thought from your column uh was uh paul daly uh is uh going to be fighting his last fight in may you know long long time veteran of ufc bellator strike force elite xc i think um he uh yeah he's been around forever um, you know, it was kind of blackballed from UFC, you know, at, uh, famously at one point. And uh, he's going to be fighting in London. Uh, I don't even remember who he's fighting. I don't, um, think, but... I don't think they've announced anything to say he's going to be on the card. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. I, I always want to say MVP, uh, but I don't think they're doing that fight again. Yeah, no, because no, MVP is fighting for the title. Um, but yeah, that's uh, so yeah, Paul Day is going to call it a career. And, you know, you never say never in MMA, but I would say never for this one because he's been around forever and kind of you know think he kind of half retired a few times already yeah so yeah. this might be it for him so, um yeah anything else you want to go over uh, uh just the fights just a couple of fights notable fights there wasn't a whole lot major announced this week but but just a few few fights to look at that i wanted to go over uh uh ufc fight night in columbus march 26 uh has a heavyweight fight added alexi olenek against Iller latifi that kind of is a fight that kind of makes sense for both guys so at this point so, yeah, wasn't Olenek was he was just supposed to fight somebody else? He was supposed to fight Greg it? Hardy, but uh, I don't remember right. the reason yeah. why he he pulled out and then and then Hardy got hurt and all that. But anyway, yeah, that show yeah. that show still needs a main event. You know, they don't have one yet since it, since it lost it. You know, Columbus. That ain't it. And that's not definitely not it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, everything. The only other thing, uh, May twenty first, a pair of fights. First off, the main event of that show is going to be Holly Holm against. Ketlin Vieira. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean it's a fight night card. It'll probably be at the Apex. Yeah. Apex. So yeah, Holly Holmes. Holly Holmes is a main event. Main event. Not... So so yeah. And then uh yeah. you have Alexander Gustafson staying at heavyweight for now, even though he talked about going back to light wow. heavyweight. Uh he's gonna fight Ben Rothwell. So <laughs> that should be an interesting fight. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gustafson, yeah, Gustafson was doing an interview today. He was talking about Kamzat because they're because they're friends and training partners, and they come from the same camp. And Gustafson said that Kamzat is literally the hardest training fighter he's ever seen. And seen, and Gustafson admitted that, like, admitted that if he if he himself trained as hard as Kamzat did, he would have been he would have been heavy been, been like heavyweight champion. But uh, just you know, kind of <laughs> kind of giving props to Kamzat. So you know. Uh, only other one I wanted to highlight, uh, you know, because he's a good old oh. Canadian boy and uh, a big favorite of a uh, guy. I think he listens to the show, Connor, uh, Connor McEwen from uh, our old, uh, you know, the UFC betting pool that we that you used to do that I still do. Um, he's a big TJ Laramie fan and he's fighting Melsic Bagdajarian on April 16th. Yeah. UFC An- fight night. Another one, another one, you know, from uh, another one that you person you like on UFC 273 April 9th, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez fighting Albert Duraya. Oh yeah. 
And Albert Derive is one of those guys from the Contender Series who wants to fight yeah. every week. So that should be an interesting fight as well on that show in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, you know what's Florida. funny is <laughs> you mentioned Fluffy, and and I was for some reason I'm glad I didn't do it when you were going over the prelims of this week's show. Uh, it was like Alexander Hernandez, and I thought that was Fluffy, no. but that's not Fluffy. No, Alexander is Alexander fluffy. the Great Hernandez, the one who the great, the, yeah. the one who Alex. shit talked Donald Cerrone, and then and then got the shit kicked out of him by Cerrone. <laughs> yeah, yep, uh, yeah. So and then we've also, you know, if uh, UFC isn't enough for you, uh, there's a bunch of other stuff going on this weekend. Uh, we got a one championship show. I think they got an app that you can watch a show on at five a.m. on on. Uh, you know, from the same place the Olympics are happening. Yeah, nobody's watching that show. Um, I mean, and, it's got a great uh, Showtime it's, FC. It's a damn shame because that main event between oh Bibiano Fernandez and John Lineker. That's yeah, a, that's a hell of a fight right there. That's one of the best non UFC yeah. fights fights you can make in the you know in MMA. Yeah. Bibiano Fernandez, uh, you know, they it, they say it's the one featherweight championship. It's really the bantamweight yeah, championship because yeah. they all fight one weight class up. But, yeah, John Lineker and, and Bibiano Fernandez is uh, insane. And with the rules in one, it's even more insane. Um, and then we got Showtime FC on UFC Fight Pass on Friday, as well as Fury FC and LFA 124, all airing a UFC Fight Pass back to back to back. So, uh, you know, you, you can watch MMA all day and all yeah, night that, Friday if you that, want. Apparently that Showtime FC one may undergo a, a change of names before the show on, on Friday. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what they're calling it Showtime? Well, I mean, it's Anthony Pettis. Is that, is it it's Anthony, Anthony Pettis' promotion. Yeah. Apparently he's just going to have to have to rename it after himself because i think there's already a showtime fc and they i think they yeah he, he mentioned something today of getting a notice about the name of the show so i wonder yeah. if he got a cease and well desist. i was gonna say like you would see that and you would think okay it's probably airing on showtime but no it's airing on ufc fight pass um and yeah and that you fear fc is the one where i think they were advertising it on the show last week where they're giving away a ufc contract no, that was the winner of the main event yeah that was the fac on this past that was just that happened. oh was it that okay. happened yesterday okay. and and that was a, but that you was got to figure dana's that was a whole controversy too yesterday oh okay but Dana will probably be at that uh, Humble Texas show. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's Humble's in the suburbs of Houston. So and Fury FC is a promotion we always talk about on here as you know one of those promotions that's basically you know it's like LFA. It's a UFC feeder promotion. You know, guy guys who get on the Contender Series, Contender Series go you know come from there, and guys who get cut from the UFC they go they go there to fight because it's a way to keep your name you know because these are the shows that that Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby are watching the fight to find guys yeah so that is uh friday on ufc fight pass packed loaded night on uh friday so uh that's gonna wrap it up for this show uh ryan you'll have i mentioned earlier your preview coming up later real this quick, week real quick before we we go oh. to uh we got the super bowl on sunday do you have a you know Bengals and oh yeah Bengals and rams do you have a pick I mean, you know, I'm going to pick the Bengals just because of uh, my co-host Jeff. Uh, you know, he's got to win, and I think he's mortgaging his house to get a Super Bowl ticket. So, um, yeah, I, I hope he, I hope he wins. Yeah, I think the Rams. You, what about you? I think the Rams are going to win it. So, 
Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think I'm going to put a bet on, uh, you know, I like to do the props, so I'll probably like bet on, you know, the length of the, uh, of the national anthem and, uh, you know, maybe like MVP. I like to throw like a long odds MVP. Um, you know, like I, Aaron Donald will probably be like the favorite, Cooper I Cup. think. Cooper uh, Cup. So Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup's a long shot. Yeah. No, um, no, no, he's not a long know, shot. Bengals. He's not a long shot. He should be a favorite to be in Super Bowl. MVP. Right. So I like the long shots. Like, so I probably want like a Bengals, like secondary receiver or something like that to, uh, you know, Burrow will be a favorite as, as will, um, who's that? Stafford's the yeah. Rams quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Cooper Cup will probably be the favorite. So I mean, you could maybe look at look at Jamar Chase, Aaron Donald. Then. Yeah, you could look at Jamar Chase from uh, the Bengals wide receiver, or even even Joe Mixon. Yeah. Look at okay. the odds there for those guys. Oh yeah, yeah, running back, right? Yeah. Even yeah. even All guys right. like yeah, even like, like Cam even like Cam Akers from the Rams, you know, or even o- Odell. Who knows? Who knows what this game could be? Put it this way: if if Aaron Donald is uh, is more than a five to one underdog, I think I'm going to put money on him. Yeah, because he, uh, you know they haven't given it to a defensive player in a while, and he's he and he's a monster. He's. He, yeah, he's ridiculous. He could he could run up like four or five sacks, and if he does, they, they'll just love to give him yeah, the MVP. Yeah, especially especially that that Bengals offensive line is the big question mark going into that game. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'll be I'll definitely be watching. It's the one NFL game I watch every year. Yeah. You know, start to finish. Um, you know, I, I usually check out the highlights and you know sometimes watch the red zone yeah. during the regular season yeah. but i'll get i'll get I home definitely from, be i'll get home from houston before the game starts that's for sure is the all is the nba all-star game this weekend too don't think so i think it's next weekend i thought it was i think it's the same oh, okay i think it's the same day as the daytona 500 oh yeah february 20th um all right so that that is gonna just about wrap it up. I just the only thing I wanted to plug for myself, like Ryan's got his uh, coverage of the in the Observer, and we mentioned earlier, and uh, his preview. I've got uh, my Dynamite show on um, on the Patreon on Wednesday, and then of course we'll have our review on the Patreon on Sunday. But I also will. I also recorded a show that's going to be airing on the Grandpa Des YouTube channel. Um, we're reviewing just one of the guys, 80s classic teen comedy. Um, if you haven't watched it, watch it and then listen to our show. We had a lot of fun talking about that. Just went over about 40 minutes. Um, and uh, that'll be dropping tomorrow uh, or today as you're listening at around uh, 7 o'clock Eastern on uh, Grandpa Des YouTube channel. So check that out. And uh, so that's going to just about do it. So uh, uh, I'm Paul and uh, Ryan, why don't you wrap it up like you always do? (laughs) All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Enjoy the fights this weekend and have a great week. Go Bengals.